Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Chasing After the Wind series, where Dr. Jones teaches through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. Now let's join him for today's message. One of the things that's very popular today is uh, self-help. Uh, you'll see it in a various ways of self-help, whether it be from, from diet, from exercise, uh, from, from emotional and mental self-help, and uh, the books fly off the shelf of how to be a better you, how to have a better life, how to have a better career, and the things you can do to, to be better. And while that's not in and of itself a problem or even a bad thing, one of the things that is bad is the kinds of advice, the kind of instruction, and the misplaced values and hopes that are found in this self-help teaching. We got more self-coaches and life coaches out there than you can count. Sad thing about that is most of the ones that call themselves life coaches lives themselves in shambles and not one to emulate. Often these self-help teachings and ideologies or these life coach teachings, um, they typically follow very much an individualistic understanding and mindset about fulfillment of self. And once you start down that path of fulfillment of self, you find that all that the world has to offer in fulfilling self becomes like ashes in your mouth. Doesn't satisfy, doesn't deliver. Matter of fact, it's disgusting and gross. And it leads down paths of destruction. See, when it's all about self and it's all about the individual, we get off kilter of what God actually wants us to be and do in this thing we call life. We've all been built for community and relationship. And yet we find ourselves in detrimental spaces when we're chasing and achieving the most for me. All our desires, all our dreams, everything we're going out becomes self-centered and we suffer for it. And today we're going to read a passage that speaks to what I titled the dangers of self-centeredness. I know that can be a mouthful. Say the dangers of self-centeredness. I broke that up for you to make it easier for you. I learned that doing weddings. Don't, don't, give up, don't give them too much to say. Don't mess that up. Don't, give, don't throw too much at them at the same time. You know. I want y'all to turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And we're going to read a few passages, a few verses in here in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. That at its surface, you may read and be like, hold on. What? It's not going where I thought it was. And yet, when we get to the end, you're going to see how this self-centeredness connects all that we're about to read 
in these few verses in chapter four in Ecclesiastes. And it reads, I saw that all labor and all skillful work is due to one person's jealousy of another. This too is futile in a pursuit of the wind. The fool folds his arms and consumes his own flesh. Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and a pursuit of the wind. Again, I saw futility under the sun. There's a person without a companion, without even a son or a brother. And though there is no end to all his struggles, his eyes are still not content with riches. Who am I struggling for? He asked and depriving myself of good things. This too is futile and a miserable task. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm, but how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Better is a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer pays attention to warnings. For he came to prison to be, he came from prison to be king, even though he was born poor in his kingdom. I saw all the living who move about under the sun follow a second youth who succeeds him. There's no limit to all the people who were before them, yet those who come later will not rejoice in him. This too is futile in the pursuit of the wind. This is an interesting passage and there are these principles laid out and we even have some poetic sayings in here and it seems like it's jumping around to different things and yet there is this thread that ties them all together that I'm labeling as self-centeredness and we see some of the consequences of it and I'm going to give us just three of them today. Three of them. The first one is this and I want you to write this down. Self-centeredness leads to wasted effort. Wasted effort. Now, one of the things that we see in life, uh, competition usually brings out the best, right? You know, uh, you go out and you you build a product, you make something, but then you see somebody else make it and there's a little better. So you go back to the drawing board and you, you, you fix the thing that you made and what you created and you're trying to make it better than the one that was created. And a third person watch what you did and they come and they create something even better and it's, it's back and forth. Competition, it, it breeds out the best. You know, competition brings out the best, but you know what doesn't bring out the best? Jealousy. See, there's a fine line between, oh, I see what they're doing. I got to step my game up and then being a hater and being jealous and envious. It's interesting that he says in chapter four, he says, I saw all the labor and all the skillful work is due to one person's jealousy of another. We move from a competitive attitude of like, you know what, I, 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 I can actually raise my game up. I can, I can actually work harder. I can, I can read more. I can, I can treat my body better to the point of jealousy. I, they don't need to look like that. I, I should be looking like that. They shouldn't have that. I should have that. And he makes this statement. He says, we see people in the rat race of life just because they're jealous of what other people have. And you know what? They're miserable in their jobs because all they're doing is chasing, trying to be like 
somebody else or outdo somebody else so that then they can then be the hated on ones and then talk about how many haters they have. You know, people do love to wallow in how many haters they have. All these haters hating on me. I'd be like, ain't nobody hating on you. They're not really not. They're really not. And maybe somebody might be using that as motivation. I don't know, but that's the wrong kind of motivation. And he uses this here and he was like, look, it's calling us to self-check. Do you do what you do because you're jealous of other people? And if you are, stop it. Stop it. We take the wrong motivations for even good things. You know, I mean, I mean we, we, we see people on now on social media, they go to great heights and, you know, they, they got a class reunion coming up. So I, I, so-and-so look like this. I, I got to look better than her. I got to look better than him. Let me go on and tighten up. So you, you spent all that money and did all that work just for that to pass by. And then you go right back to living like you was and get all back unhealthy. Like you, wasted, you, you, you wasted 60 days. We got people wasting lifetimes. Uh, that I, I heard about this rivalry. I'm not going to name the family names. There was a rivalry of these two rich families in Texas, and they kept trying to outdo the other one. And it was so ridiculous. It was even costing other people their jobs because they would make layoffs and then start other stuff. And I was sitting there like, hold on, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. It's like one built this building. So the other one went and bought the property next to it. So they couldn't keep building. And then they bought the property behind that. And then they built something even bigger. It's like, hi, my name is higher than yours. And I'm like, really? Like you wasted all that money on that when we got all this stuff going on in the world. And that's what you're spending it on. So that your family name can be bigger than another family name. Now, some of us, we can't identify with that because we don't have that kind of scrilla to that kind of battle. We don't have that kind of money. Like, they, we, we, we just battling over, over shoes, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to make sure my shoes look better than yours. I'm not building buildings, but it's the same mentality. We working hard and we striving hard and we're doing all this laborious labor. And he says, this is futile in chasing the wind. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. So why be jealous of what someone else has done or achieved? Some of us, we look down on our lives and feel like we haven't done enough because somebody else did something. And we are discontent with what God is doing in us. Our perspective is all off. In this whole passage, he's still speaking about human affairs and human endeavors. That's why he continually references this under the sun because it's a mentality of life that doesn't regard God. He's saying, all these human pursuits and human achievements follow this one thing. And you, you, you're trying to show out and you're jealous of other people. He says, this is futile in a chasing of the wind. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Time for Your Checkup, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches us to examine and engage the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To give, go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones O-R-G. And request your copy today. Now, let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. It's wasted effort. It leads to wasted effort. It's a waste. You've wasted your time. You've wasted your life. 
And he says something that can seem weird in verses five and six. Uh, it's, it's poetic. That's why even in our Bibles, when you have your Bible, it's kind of indented funny because it's, it's a poetic expression or ways in Hebrew poetry that's saying something that, you know, we communicate in poetic ways. I'm, I'm going to give an example. I'm give an example. When we started service, we sang a song that is a fantastic song. I was joking with the praise team. I love the song, but I'm so technical. Sometimes it throws me off and I got a it's poetic expression. It says, my hallelujah belongs to you. It's beautiful. It's great. Hallelujah just means Praise Yahweh. So hallelujah can't go to nobody else because it's, it's his name is in it. So it's like redundant. But it's poetic expression because it's the redundancy is part of it. It's, it's an emphasis of my praises to you. That's what it is. So I get it. I'm just, your pastor's weird sometimes. So I hear stuff and I'll be like, oh, okay, I can deal with it. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's, it's, it's poetic expression. All right. So here... It's poetic expression in here. He says in verse 5, the fool folds his arms and consumes his own flesh. Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and a pursuit of the wind. Now, this is what it's communicating. It's communicating two things that are very important because it's dealing with the issue of working hard. Verse 5 is, is the opposite of working hard. What's the opposite of working hard? Lazy, you lazy bum, you. He says, the fool folds his arms and consumes his own laziness. We, we see this, this kind of phrasing used in Proverbs chapter 6, 10, and 11. Proverbs chapter 24, 33, and 34. These are some references that talk about the lazy and talks about the destructiveness of being lazy. And it basically says, you consume me. The one who does nothing consumes him on his own self. It's like, it's almost cannibalistic language in there. It was saying that your laziness leads to your own ruin. You ruin yourself being lazy. Now, we got to be careful what we call lazy. Got to be careful what we call lazy because our bodies need rest. But the, the, the Proverbs also says, don't fall in love with sleep. It will lead to poverty. <laughs> Think online, go read Proverbs for yourself. Look it up. Say, don't, don't be a lover of sleep. So like, let me just let me. I'm just gonna rest. I'm gonna keep it. I just I need some rest. No, you need to get on. You need to get on up now. You need to get on up. Do something. You need to get up and be productive. You are rested. Let's go. So he makes a statement. Now he remember he made this statement about doing all this work out of jealousy. Don't don't do that. That's futile. But then he goes here and he says, now this is not a call for you to be lazy. He said, well, Lord, don't want me working hard. That's a waste of time. I'm chill. I'm going to watch all these shows. I'm going to binge all of them. I'm going to go to work for Chasing the wind. No. What he's saying is, don't be that guy, okay? Don't do that. But this is what he said. He follows. He goes from this laziness. Laziness will consume you. It will devour you. It will cost you everything. So don't be lazy. But in verse 6, when he says, better one handful with rest, sometimes you can translate it, even understand that as with peace, than two handfuls with effort and pursuit of the wind. That's what he says. Don't be lazy, but work hard, but be able to do so to rest. Be able to work hard and then be content with what you have versus getting more. And chasing the wind. Verse 6 is an issue of contentment. He goes from this hard work, out of jealousy, don't do that. That's a waste of your time. Wasted effort. Don't be lazy and do nothing. 
it will destroy you. With that understanding, work hard and enjoy what you have. Be content with what you have. Don't be greedy and just pursuing more. I need more. I need more. I need more. That's one of the things, uh, you know, me and Pastor Ron always referencing movies, right? You know, there's a movie that done, it was on the other day, and I'm like, it's something about the, the teaching in here that's so deep. And people, some people didn't get it. They didn't like the movie, whatever, whatever. But the, the last Wonder Woman movie, regardless how you feel about it, the teaching in there is so deep because it's all about more. And how people want more and more and more and more is always better. And they find out just how destructive it is. How it costs you and costs others. And I love that. I, I love the premise of the movie because it was like the bad guy, the villain in the movie, wants more, 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 and he's losing what he has with his son. And what he wanted in his mind is more for my son. My son will love me more and more for him. And he found out he's actually gonna lose his son if he keep on going for more. I love that understanding because it goes with biblical teaching that when it talks about greed versus contentment. Here in verse 6, when he's making his statement, better one handful with rest. You know how much of a blessing it is to work hard, enjoy what you have, and sleep? Versus having more than you need and can't sleep and stressing and going and going and going. He says that going and going and going is futile. It's, it's, it's a pursuit of the wind. It's a waste of of effort. Don't do it. Don't do it. But it builds on it. When I say a wasted effort, he goes from out of jealousy. Don't be lazy, but don't be so working that you that you you're you're wasting all of your life and your time. And then he transitioned here to getting it all, but having no one to enjoy it with. When I said this self-centeredness is me, 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 and you get it, and you look at it, you have nobody to enjoy it with. No family, no loved ones, no nothing. You achieved it. You made it. Nobody to enjoy it with. You know how, you know how lonely that is? It's interesting. We have people now. There are people now that are coming of certain ages, getting in there. 40s and 50s, 60s and 70s now, and they have pursued the career. They have pursued and chased the bag. And they've gotten it. They've gotten it. And look up, they have no family. You have people sitting here thinking like, when I'm old, who like who gonna take care of me? Am I gonna have to pay for my own bill to go to a nursing home because I have no one? I cut everybody off. New year, new me, cut them off. We got an attitude and there's no one. See, we see this connection and this transition where this self-centeredness leads to wasted effort. Don't do that. Don't chase the wind. It's futile, that lifestyle, but it also leads to loneliness. Because you achieve it all, you get it all, and there's nobody to enjoy life with. Y'all can't, look, y'all, I... Everybody's life is not the same. Everybody's not called to live the same type of life. And that's because everybody's not the same kind of person. Anybody that knows me, y'all know I'm a huge extrovert. I love to be around people. I love to run my mouth. I love to talk and hear people talk and have a conversation. I love it. Y'all don't understand. I praise God during the COVID shutdown 
for having a big family. I was like, and I, I don't mean to make a joke, but I was like, you know, when people, people were actually getting suicidal thoughts and stuff and psychiatry, and some people even took their lives. And I was like, man, I actually understood it. Not in a joking way, I understood it because we were up in the house for so long. I was like, if I was in here by myself, y'all, I'd have went crazy. And then my, my, my family, some of them probably got sick of me sometime. You know, hopefully some of them learn to deal with it, you know. But I only say that because I praise God and I thought about how the way I'm built, how I had community around me that I could enjoy life with. You know, I, 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 lo- I love, I gotta, we're trying to do a little better uh, when it comes to vacations. I normally try to connect vacations with, you know, outings I have. So like say, say I, God blesses me and I'm invited, they want me to come speak at some event. And I was like, oh, well, we'll go a few days early and make that little vacation. They don't always, they don't always count because it's work. You know, I got to study and all this kind of stuff. But I try to do that. I recently I told my wife, we were, we were on a trip. We were out of town. And I was like, we were just at a restaurant eating. And I was like, man, it's kind of cool. Like, just doing life. You know, we didn't travel. That's the thing about it. We done traveled and done this and done that. We ain't going everywhere. But, like, this, this been, this been kind of cool, man. Like, I, I, I got to enjoy this. Like, this is. It's pretty dope. So I'm talking about this self-centeredness, but if I'm self-centered, I would not have that lifestyle. See, this self-centeredness, when he moves from, you get all this, you get all the riches, but you have no one to enjoy with. I got all these good things, and I have, it's, no, matter of fact, it says it, it says that his eyes are still not content with riches. Who am I struggling for? He's struggling, working hard, and it says, I'm depriving myself of Good things. It's good to do life with others. I'm not talking about just marriage. I'm talking about companionship, friendship. Your aces. We need it. We build each other up. We encourage each other. We that's that's why we, you know people say like when one eat, we all eating. Self-centered at least to loneliness, and loneliness is detrimental. And this, this is why I, look here. He said he goes from. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. Loneliness can only take you so far. If you're doing solo, you don't have the same reward. But with two, you can go further. But then I stop there. It goes from not only can you gain more and do more, it says for if either falls, his companion can lift him up, meaning a life done in a relationship with community, there's help. Not just for making money, but, but there's help. Times of trouble. Times of struggle. But when you've only been self-centered and about achieving for self and doing this thing on your own, when you fall into trouble, who is there to pick you up? You know, something bad happened at the house and you have nobody to call. You know, I saw something the other day. Actually, Kamika saw it. She said it was a meme that really got her thinking. Like, it was so true. She said, a friend is truly a friend when you know you can call him to pick you up from the airport. <laughs> and I was like, yo, because that list gets small. That list gets small. Not, not somebody that, that would say they would, but like somebody you know, like, yeah, they'll come get me. Like, they, like they would come get me. 
you know, like you, you get in trouble, your car broke down. You need somebody to come. If it's just been all about you and you haven't built those relationships, you don't have anybody to pick you up out of trouble. When Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment, he was like, look, man, it's, it's real simple. You take all the law and the prophets, love God with everything and love neighbor as yourself. You know what's interesting about that? He's like, what's the greatest commandment Jesus gave too? The reason he gave two because they connected. I can't sit here and say, I'm loving my neighbor when I don't love God. I got to love God and be obedient to God. People out here, they're like, I do this and I do this and do this. Like, God not number, not number one. You want that for attention. You going out and you feeding the homeless and you taking selfies. It wasn't about that. It's about you. You won't shine. You got to love God. And I, I can't love God with everything if I'm not loving my neighbor. I can't sit here and say, I love God, I serve God, and I treat my neighbor like trash who's created in the image and likeness of God. Can't, you can't say both. They go together. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just the first half of today's message in the current series, Chasing After the Wind. 14 messages that walk you through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, where we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to partner with us today. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear the second half of today's message, tune in tomorrow, same place, same time. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.